There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's Friday, and it's the last hour of the Colleen and Bradley show, for today anyway. And then you're going to take a little break or listen to our podcast over the weekend or some replays, and then you'll be back with us on Monday. Colleen will be back with us as well. Today we've got Stephanie Hansen and Grant along for the ride. Pew, pew. Thanks for um, playing with us in our playground today, guys. Super fun. I'm curious what the pew, pew is. We do that we have a laser fight? Pew, pew. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, when we want to draw special attention to things. Like, for example, Stephanie, your upcoming, wait for it, cookbook? Yeah. I Can you believe so, it? I did not know about this until obviously I did, which I think was probably social media is where I learned about it. Um, and I'm so excited to hear about your cookbook, how you came about this idea, and when, frankly, it's going to be in our hands. Sure. And okay, just books take a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Longer than you would think. I'm and the pandemic has elongated that process too. Oh, I bet. Um, so during the pandemic, my husband is a writer who's been trying to get published and has written four Successful books. Successful writer. Pardon me? Successful writer. Yeah. He finally he he finally has launched a legit book that's going to be published in hardcover in May. And you know, I was like, I want to write a book. He goes, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> Why I'm not? Like, I don't know, a cookbook, maybe a van cookbook. And so he was like, well, you should pitch one. And I was doing an emceeing a friend's cookbook, Patrice Johnson, Land of 10,000 oh, yes. Plates. Yeah, absolutely. And after that, I was like, maybe I should just try this. So he helped me write what is called a query letter and pitch the project. And the project was the True North Cabin Cookbook. So Basically recipes that I would make at my cabin, which is a five season cabin. This is just genius, brilliant, and all sorts of Minnesota great. Thanks. And the funny thing is, is our actual cabin on a map, the name of it is True North. Oh. That's the name of the island. Okay. So it's the True North Cabin Cookbook, and I pitched it to the Minnesota Historical Press. And, you know, you put this whole thing together and you wait. And then they're like, yeah, this seems great. Like, sure, let's do it. I was like, really? And then you're like, oh, crap. I've never written a cookbook before. (laughs) Yeah. So you're all excited. And then the reality sets in of like, oh, I have to actually write this. And then you start the writing. And it's a very solitary experience because you're just writing it. Now, I have a question for you, Stephanie. In writing your own cookbook, I mean... Writing seems daunting, number one. Writing a cookbook seems even more daunting. And I think it's probably, this is amazing for you, knowing uh, as much about you as I do, that you have the chutzpah to do something that, you know, like you get the idea, you decide you want to do it, and then you just do it, right? I, and that takes a certain amount of 
pride and confidence that I don't think everybody has. So what, because did you, were you insecure at all? Like, are people going to read this? Bradley, I lay in bed and have panic attacks in the middle of the (laughs) night and think, who's going to buy this? Well, I'm going to buy it. I don't, I don't make like puppy chow, you know, for appetizers, like I'm not a gourmet, but I'm also not like it's not full of poke jello poke salad either, yeah. you know? So I'm like, okay, people, cabin cookbook, cabins, people think it's gonna be all this like cabin like some of it's cabiny, some of it's just food. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. This is my problem and my genius is that I just think I can do things, so I say I'm going <laughs> to that's, and that then, is like the secret to success, man. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, a radio show? Sure. Like, you want to be on TV? Sure. Like, and then it happens, and I'm secretly inside dying, just like, oh my God. Well, who are your inspirations? Like, what do you have, like, a, you know, a person you wouldn't consider, if not a mentor, at least like a guide through this process? Well, Patrice Johnson, who's a local woman who has written a couple cookbooks, she's been very helpful to me personally. Ina Garten is just everything to me. Like, She's a brilliant woman who I think is a great marketer and I love her recipes. The funny thing about writing a cookbook is like if you say, you know, I'm going to write my beef stew recipe. Well, there's a thousand beef stew recipes and chances are someone's is really like yours. Yeah. So recipes now have become commoditized with the Internet because you can find everything. Yeah. But what's unique about it is the way you compile it, the stories you tell the maybe different spins on something you have, your photography. Like, I want this book to feel like you're at my cabin with me. I was going to say, you know, the thing I love about a cookbook is, uh, or the thing that makes me want a cookbook is the story that a person brings to their cooking. It's not just their recipes. Because like you said, I can Google, like, I know that if I want to make beef stew, I'm going to need some basic ingredients. Yep. And I could find that rudimentarily on the internet. But I'm going to want to sit down with your book and read about, you know, and I imagine, and tell me if I'm wrong, if I buy your cookbook, I'm going to get the sense that I'm up at the cabin with you, and I'm going to learn about what that experience is like. Yeah, absolutely. And so those are the kinds, that's the guidepost of what the recipes were that I picked. You know, my sister comes every year and brings this same weird dip. Well, I put that in the cookbook, and it's called Cubby's Weird Dip. (laughs) That's perfect. Grant, you had a question? Yeah, Steph, did you, I think I was working with you on Weekly Dish one Saturday when you were talking. Did you, like, have some friends that you tried a lot of these recipes out up at your cabin with or something, right? Yeah, so... I, the other thing about a cookbook is is I'm photographing it all, which, oh, again, I'm not a photo- photographer. Uh, but I think you are, because <laughs> I will say, follow Stephanie's, what's your Instagram handle Stephanie's again? Stephanie's Dish. Stephanie's Dish. Your tablescapes are on point. Which is part of how I think I got the cookbook deal, because I just love vintage dishes. I love, eat, we eat outside at the cabin. Like, this cabin place is unique in that it's on an island. So a lot of our living is outdoors yeah, and it's, it's not fancy. So all of that, I think feels like what I want the cookbook to feel like. And this, the weird thing about it is like, I'm love entertaining. I love cooking for people. Anything you love becomes a job Mm, when you're, so that's been a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. And I'm working through that. But that's that's a life lesson, right? Like learning to, you know, 
trudge through the 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 no. job part of yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah. The cookbooks due at the end of December, so I'm probably seventy percent done. I'm not, on, and I have to cook all this. That stuff is too. huge, though. To be seventy percent done with a book, that's huge. That Congrats, means, yeah, you're well on your way. So when are we actually going to be? It, I turn the, it in uh, in December, and then it comes out October of 22 because they're putting it in their holiday catalog, well, which perfect. is good for me because I'll probably sell more. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a while then from once I've turned it in. But that's okay. I am so excited. And again, tell people what the name of the cookbook is. True North Cabin Cookbook. It'll be published by Minnesota Historical Press. It'll be out October of 22. Um, when it's out, I'll let you know. And I'm sure we'll have some book stuff here. And... Steph's been really supportive and funny and uh, there's a million people that have written cookbooks before me and I listened to none of them and was just like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. I mean, Ooh, hey, yeah. that, if, that you if again, I think the fact that you just accept that that's something you can do and you do it, people are going to appreciate the story that you bring to the experience. Right. I, I will say um, I've read a couple of the stories and one story my husband and I kind of wrote together about our getting together mm-hmm. and our first date was our second date was kind of at the cabin Oh, and re like reading that I got like kind of teary. Like it's, it was like, Oh, this is sweet. Like we look really cute. (laughs) Well, I cannot wait for the journey. And um, obviously you'll be back on to promote it when that happens. I know it's going to be a while, but best of luck. And thanks for sharing. And Do the things that you don't think you can do people because you can. Absolutely. 100%. Speaking of which, somebody who does things, he just does them, our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies. He's going to join us on the other side of this break to talk about some movies and hopefully give me all the details on the Dune screening he went to. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Chalamet's my oh, man. God, we'll talk about it when we come back right here on my talk 1071. We're only going to be away from you for a couple days. It's called The Weekend, but here's the good news. You can listen to us all weekend long. You can, of course, listen to your favorite weekend shows here on My Talk, including but not limited to a Weekend Dish, Weekly Dish. I said Weekend Dish. It's okay. It's, it's on the weekend. because we used to be Weekend Dirt. There you go. And that's where Colleen and I started back in the day-day. Was that before you guys or after in the lineup? I think after. I think you guys showed up after. Yeah. Oh, that was so long ago. Yeah. How you and Colleen have been on the air? How long? We've been Ten on like years. thirteen years. So. Yeah. So well, but I mean, like in the day in the lineup, like did you guys walk into the studio after? We our were show? one to three originally. Oh, so you weren't even there because we were nine to eleven, and then I think there was somebody else from eleven to one. The shop girls. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Harmony Duh. and Allie. Uh, shop girls, and then before us, I think dishing up nutrition. Yes. So, lots of fun on the weekends. After you. Remember when Alexis and Jason had a Saturday night like music show? Yes, well that was long before us cuz I that's how I I met Jason when he had that show uh with Alexis called What was that show called? I don't remember. It was called Oh man, now it, that's going to drive me nuts and yeah, somebody will send us a message. It started with Jason and Meredith who was my 1 to 3 partner. Yep. For like a brief moment in time. So yeah, I showed of- up once and ate. Uh, I I was a special guest once and ate um, chicken tenders in the studio, and um, did my crazy voiced friend Wanda. Okay, and Wanda hasn't been around for a while, has no, she? No, Wanda has actually been napping. So so she's still napping. <laughs> she's still napping. Instead, we have Charles. <laughs> now we have Charles. Yep, Gotta Charles have- is one of my favorites. Well, good, because Charles has been making a comeback, too. Yeah, I, I'm ready for more we Charles. We have to get to Paul McGuire Grimes. He showed Paul! up to, 
tell us about TVs Paul. and movies. Paul's my favorite thing is just waiting. Bed. He's like, I don't care about your history. <laughs> Paul, thank you for joining us. Hello. <laughs> it is great to be here. Steph, I haven't seen you in forever. I miss you. I'm I know. I miss today. you, too. And speaking of a guy that's just like, you know what? I'm going to review movies and be a celebrity myself. And here you are, Mr. Yes. McGuire Grimes. <laughs> exactly. Who, like, Hello. hobnobs with all the hot celebrities in Crazy. Hollywood. Really quickly to just uh, follow up, Colleen texted Weekend Groove. That was the name of that show. Okay. With Jason and all right. Paul, you have a yes. number of things to talk about, and I want to make sure we get to them because I do want to have time to ask you, you know, at least a couple questions about Dune, if that's possible. So where do we begin of today? Let's talk about everybody's talking about Jamie. It's a new movie that's in theaters to, uh, today. It will be on Amazon Prime next week, and it's a movie musical. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you just listening. fine. Okay, great. Sorry, I didn't hear anything on the other end. So no, sure. no okay. worries. So it's a movie musical based on a musical from the West End. It's about a young high school kid turning 16 who wants to become a drag queen. Oh, so I'm he's in. mercilessly teased at school, right? And he sets upon himself to go to prom in drag. And, of course, he gets teased. He doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. His dad has basically disowned him. And he's found his drag mentor, uh, Miss Loco Chanel, who's played by Richard E. Grant in the movie. Oh, I'm going to love this. It sounds fun and just And the dad's going to come around at the end. I don't want to spoil anything for you. (laughs) It's got a Billy Elliot vibe. Well, it very much feels like Billy Billy Elliot. So I could see that the musical will be this like large, extravagant thing. And the movie musical feels a little bit smaller. It's a little bit more intimate, like Billy Elliot, like The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So it's this high school coming-of-age story. It's got a really fun, pop-infused score, all original music. And to see this kid like become his own and try to find his confidence in who he is as a person. And really, the move, the musical is a celebration of the art of drag and how the inner transformation comes with him being in drag and out of drag you know the power that drag can have on the performer it's old it, it can uh, it kind of reminds me just from the the sense when you said that the movie seems a little more toned down than the musical would that reminds me of kinky mm. boots where the movie was very much a thing which was great and i loved it but the musical was yeah. definitely sort of that movie in technicolor Right. And I think that the musical would be like if you go to see if you were to go to London and see it on the West End, you would see that technicolor feel. And Bianca Del Rio plays the drag mentor, the drag mother in London. And I know that the musical is going to come here and be in okay. L.A. I got to talk to the main actor, Max Harwood. He's making his feature film debut here in this movie, taking on this big movie musical. And he told me that it's coming to LA. So I'm really excited. I hope that kids see it especially because I think that it's such a learning lesson for kids to find who they are, find their passion, find their voice and to be comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How many ticket stubs? Three and a half out of five ticket stubs Four. everybody's talking about Jamie. All right. Tell me about worth. I know nothing about worth. I don't even know. Is that a movie, a TV show? What is that? (laughs) It's a movie. It's on Netflix and it's about the victim compensation fund from 9-11. It's based clearly on a true story. Michael Keaton plays Ken Feinberg, who was this lawyer that took on this high-profile settlement case to try to reach out to victims, put the settlement case together before all of these civil suits could have been racked up against the airline industry, kind of destroying the economy. So it's really up to him, his partner is played by Amy Ryan, to figure out how do you put a price tag on someone's worth and get the settlement in place before the deadline. And what did it's you think? It's supposedly great. Is it? 
It's really good. I mean, it has that legal drama, that Aaron Brockovich feel. There very much is kind of this countdown approach because they've got basically two years to figure it out. And they really let victims have their story. There's a lot of times where it's just a victim sharing their story to the screen. And you just feel your heart ache for all of that. And kind of stuck in the middle of all this is Michael Keaton as Ken Feinberg, who's like, I have a job here and I have to be, try to be objective. But I also know that trying to put a price tag on someone's life and worth and their, their family is so hard to do. And then Timmy Tucci plays someone that's a widower who has this fix the fund campaign kind of going against everyone else. So it's when you hear all these stories and it's, it's heartbreaking, but oh, it's bet. really well done. Okay. So how many ticket stubs? Four out of five ticket subs. It's now on Netflix. A good way to maybe um, commemorate the 9-11 20th mm-hmm. anniversary tomorrow. Yeah, I think a lot of us have been thinking about that, um, you know, coming 20th anniversary. So thank you for sharing both of those options. Now, can we please get to Dune? Thank you. You saw yes. it this week, I think, yes. or last week? I saw it last Friday. I was sitting on this news when we talked last week. Okay, so thanks for sitting on it. But what can <laughs> you, what can you um, lift a cheek and share with us? What I can tell you is that this is a movie, if you feel comfortable seeing it in theaters. Yes. Denis Villeneuve, who did movies like Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, he is someone that makes a movie for the big screen. And when I say that you haven't really seen a movie like this before, you really haven't. Because even as I was watching it, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. This doesn't feel like Arrival either. It is so big. It feels like The Lord of the Rings, where everything felt tangible and real, despite it being this future- futuristic fantasy movie oh i'm so excited for that um i have so many more questions and we don't have time (laughs) where at least can listeners find out more about all the things you have been talking about today yes uh, go to my website, paulstripsmovies.com, or my YouTube channel, Paul Strips Movies. I have interviews with Beck Charwood. I'll have interviews with some of the cast from Dune in a few weeks, maybe this weekend even. And I talked to the Morning Show cast this week, even today. So awesome. listen to the interviews with the Morning Show this weekend. Thank you so much, Paul McGuire Grimes. We'll see you, you next. Is it sunny? I can't see. I'm not out of looking at a window. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I cannot wait to get out. Crazy nice out. Good. Good afternoon, by the way, and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. We're just rounding out the last hour as we kick things around down the street. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Stephanie Hansen, along with Grant. And it's time for some crazy, stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of... Florida. 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 And sometimes (laughs) other places. But today, we're going to start in Florida. Are you ready to go there, Stephanie? I am. And okay. when I drove in the van through Florida last spring, like literally the whole state, what I kept thinking about you guys. Oh, good. Did you see any crazy stupid idiots? Well, just an endless array. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, endless array. What's your favorite city in Florida? Or did you have one when you drove um, through? My favorite city, I I really loved uh, Sanibel and Marco Island. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. It's not to love. My mom's down there. She's like halfway between those two places. And... uh I just love it down there. Halfway? So, like, on that weird little place that's kind of undiscovered halfway place? No, 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 no. So, like, Sanibel's north of 
Naples, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. then there's and Captiva Island too, which is also fantastic. And Marco is south, so she's in yeah. Naples. She's okay. like kind of halfway. And I think the whole Italy. alligator thing is real. What do you mean that they have them? <laughs> that they have them in abundance. Oh and yeah, they're just everywhere. Did you like, see manatees too? I did actually, yeah. and that was cool. But um, not the alligators. No, I was not a fan of the alligators and how they were just like cats in Mexico. Meaning that they're everywhere? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well. And just like in your lawn and around. Yeah, no, they just, they will eat things. Yeah. That's for sure. Too much. Speaking of eating things, this has nothing to do with eating things. Actually, that's not true, but we'll get there. So I want to tell you about a woman from Florida. Her name is uh, Kaylani Joe Kroll. We'll just call her Kaylani Joe Kroll. She was 39 years old, and she apparently was driving erratically or acting, rather, not driving, acting erratically on the beach in St. Augustine. Hmm. And so they sent some folks to see what was going on. Um, well, Ms. Kroll lives a couple blocks from the, be- the, from the beach. There's a lot of, like, hippies there. Well, I think she's one of them. It's a great spot. Is it really? And yeah. St. Augustine, isn't that, like, one of the oldest cities it's in super Florida? historic. Yep. yep. It's lovely. So she lives two blocks from the beach, and um, she said once folks arrived that she needed CPR and other treatment. I would just like to point out, I think if you need CPR, usually you (laughs) can't tell people that. That is actually not true. I always thought that, too, that if you can talk, you can breathe. Oh, okay. But that's not 100% true that we learned in the George Floyd murder trial. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, um, I I don't know that she really needed CPR, though, and here's why. So while being escorted to an ambulance, she began running back and forth. So police officers were like, well, she hasn't committed any crime, so it's not like we need to chase her, right? But they, again, were just responding to a call of erratic behavior. So they were just kind of let her run around, right? Um they apparently entered some vehicles uh, to get to leave because they were like, well, I don't think we were really needed sure. here. She seems like she's fine. Um, maybe she's, I, who knows, maybe she had a few cocktails or something. But as police and firemen began entering their vehicles to leave, someone yelled, she's stealing the truck. So then investigators say that she'd opened the door of an unsecured fire engine, got in the driver's seat, and then um, tried to like wee wee <laughs> drive off with the fire truck. That's not. She's got a lot of uh, courage. Uh, a witness said, "I thought she was fixing to drive off, <laughs> and she didn't. They were able to get her out. They did struggle uh, in order to get her into handcuffs because now she'd like done a crime, right? Trying to steal a fire truck, and then she apologized." <laughs> saying she was As sorry. One does when she they've said, lost their mind. Well, she says, actually, I'm sorry for taking the truck or trying to take the truck. I lost my marbles. And the the officer does what officers, Stephanie, often do in these cases. They say some version of, why did you do it? Right? Do you want to know why she did it? Because she likes the color red. Hey, that's a good idea, but no. Because she wanted to hear the siren. No, also a good idea, but no, I don't think you're going to get there because her bottom is on fire. <laughs> That's also a great idea. She needed to water her yard. She said she was uh, not under the influence, but had taken the elixir of life. <laughs> <laughs> what? I want some of that. They said, yeah. why did you steal or try to steal the fire truck? And she said, I'm sorry. 
I lost my marbles. And he was like, well, what's going on? Were you on something? Just the elixir of life. I like it. I mean, I don't know what the elixir of life was, but one imagines it probably was a substance of some kind. I love that, though. Just the idea that there is an elixir of life. I want some. Also, don't you just... Oh, I cannot imagine being called to a scene and, you know, that happens. Like, you're like, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Like, she's running around and all of a sudden she's getting in a fire truck. Like, what? how do you even... (laughs) How do you unpack that? Yeah. There's just a lot. This is why we're not in public service. Exactly. We'd be like, bye. Bye. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, is there backup? Because I'm not comfortable with this. No. Okay, so that was in Florida. Now, uh, I've got one more story for you. Would would you like to go to Michigan? Sure. Okay. Now, this story is about a garbage truck that ran a red light. We have a theme of trucks. Oh, you're right. First, we had a fire truck, and now we had a garbage truck. And uh, do we even call them garbage trucks anymore? I feel yeah, like there's a fancier name, like sanitation transportation vehicle. <laughs> Go with that. I'm going with garbage Only truck. Only if you say it with that very official voice. Yes. San- <laughs> sanitation, garbitration, whatever. Anyway, so we're going to Sterling Heights where a driver ran a red light, which then caused a garbage truck to crash. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not... Out of the ordinary. I mean, crashes happen. Yeah, it happens. Right? But, like, this is crazy stupid idiots, so there's got to be something else. What if I told you the crash led to the discovery of something? A body. (gasps) No. A snake. No. I could just guess. Something illegal. Marijuana. Yes! Oh, my God! How did you come up with that? (laughs) Bundles and bundles of marijuana. So another vehicle had a red light but turned south onto this one road. The driver of the garbage truck swerves but still uh, hit the truck that was, or excuse me, hit the vehicle that was turning, careened through the median. After crossing some lanes and hitting some other vehicles, the garbage truck crashed into an unoccupied building. But while officers were looking through the damaged building to make sure nobody was hurt, they found an undercover marijuana grow situation. (laughs) Can you you? imagine, like, you've got this secret building of pot growing, just quietly, nondescript, and all of a sudden a dumb truck (laughs) drives into the side of your building? I I do imagine that because sometimes when I walk by houses in a neighborhood and they're never anyone home and there's always the same one light and I think, are they just like growing a football field worth of pot in there? Well, in these days, I wouldn't be surprised and it might be legal. Yeah. Or they're growing salad greens. Which is also excellent, I hope. There's like some weird hydroponic salad green situation happening. Yeah, with the PVC pipes and the little drip system. And aren't there like fish? Yeah, there can be a whole tank of salmon or trout. And then they like sell the fish. Yeah, and it's a closed loop. See, we could always take it back to I was going to say, you have probably done a Makers of Minnesota podcast about this. Yes, so the food, the fish poop and the poop goes through a filter and that feeds the plants and it just goes cycle and cycles in, cycle out. It's a very... Interesting system. I mean, who knew that we could get from, you know, secret marijuana grow situation (laughs) 
Do you want to? This is totally random, but no, I please just, do. I love Makers random. of Minnesota podcast that I just released today. Download with, wherever podcasts are available. Thank you. This guy, Marco Zappia, he's a local bartender. And during COVID, I was like, so you obviously couldn't bartend. What did you do? And he was like, well, we created an herb farm just like that in someone's farm. And they did a closed loop system. They taught themselves how to do aquaponics and how to do growing out of anything that isn't dirt and like would take these herbs to the farmer's market and sell them. Oh my God. That's amazing. I What's know, the name uh, again? Uh, uh, it's, it's not a name. It's his name is Marco Zappia. He's got a company called Trace Le Chase that he's just launching. They're going to be in the food building, but it, that's what he did during COVID is created all these botanicals and herbs to make tinctures and oh, cool. soda waters and things to make more better cocktails. Like, that's what a bartender Again, does, right? we were on the couch. Exactly. Well, you were writing a cookbook, but yes. I was on the couch eating ice cream. No, I was on the couch drinking wine and eating too much popcorn and making myself sick to my stomach. Grant. That's what happens. Yeah. What were you doing? Me? Yeah. He was at my talk. Yeah. Working. Just now? No. <laughs> Sorry. That seemed real guilty, Grant. No, I, he no, wasn't we were talking about, and you busted him. I'm, I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. You're doing all the things behind the scenes that need to be done to make the show the success that it is. Yeah, getting a little ready for the next one too. So my apologies. Well, <laughs> let's be clear. There's a lot to get ready the for. Expectations there. are a little higher. A little bit at three o'clock. Do you still have to like print print out stories for them? Oh yeah, and... we've gone through a whole log of. I told him today, I I go, um, I don't have any paper for you, (laughs) because we don't do that on this show. And I feel like Lori and Julia could have had a forest... Were it not for their whole, you know, the paper that they... 19 years of paper. Ecology's not their strength. Fair. Um, They do like paper, and it is handy if the technology goes down in the middle of the show, you have things to talk about. Yeah. True. That is true. It is good to have a backup. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do when we come back? I would like to talk about what's coming up on Weekly Dish tomorrow. Okay, but can you answer a question about Dune as well? Yeah, of course. When we come back? I'd, I'd love to. Okay. All right, we'll be right back here on My Talk 1071.